Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? <laughs> Hello and welcome oh, to dude. the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight <coughs> I am joined by four members of my firefighting family. I have Ash. Hey there. I have Kev. Good evening, Carl. I have Scott. Hello. And I have Mr. Spence. Hi, Carl. And for some reason, everyone's taking pictures of me. This is weird. Um, and uh, tonight is episode 30, boys. Yay. Yay. Enthusiasm. You and out. Much rejoicing. <laughs> we are excited, regardless of how it sounds. Um, but uh, we are also excited to announce that we have gone over 4,000 followers on our Facebook page. It, that's a massive, massive, uh, massive achievement. Yeah. Um, I can't <laughs> it might have only been worth one or two masses at that point. That's huge. I'm, I'm amazed anybody even listens to us, honestly. <laughs> And even speaking of our listens, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> speaking of our listens, even those we are uh, we're up to nearly thirteen thousand. So it's a pretty pretty big pretty big accomplishment. So um, episode thirty yes. four thousand followers. Thanks to everybody for uh, for following and listening and your support. We really appreciate it. Um, I hope you've seen as well that we had the challenge coins dropped by Mr. Chief Miller. We appreciate the Chief sending those out. We've got a few on the way to us. Um, but if you do want one, the link is on the Facebook page, so go and grab some. Um, they, they look really good. Quality mm-hmm. looks really good. Is he going to pick them up? Uh, I don't know who. Because he dropped them? Uh, he's doing it there. Oh, like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Drum kit in here. <laughs> Where is it? Going out there? That's <laughs> right. It's true. Uh, news. News. I know there's a tag team going on for the news this evening. Grace. Sure. I'll kick it off. <laughs> so, so Ash up. <clears throat> trying to see here. Somewhere in. Uh, it says maybe the UK. <laughs> Uh, there was uh, we're not seeing it we don't have to do that you're talking Polish or Russian right no no his was mine wasn't oh right anyway so there was a call to a massage parlor and uh, there was an altercation on the inside and uh, a group of firefighters had to remove a naked individual male from the ledge of the outside of this massage parlor uh, there's videos afloat around the internet that you might want to take take a peek, but uh, yeah, it's just funny. He wasn't really in any danger. Hey? Yeah, that's, that's not one that we want to post. But uh, if yeah, you want to look at naked dudes, you need to look. Check out they, blur, they blur out his manhood. Was it a tiny blur or a big blur? Small. Was it bigger than me? It was post massage, so. <laughs> Wow. Very <laughs> anyway, yeah, amazing ladder technique. Really? Amazing ladder technique. Uh, no, we're in an hour. <laughs> it's probably cold out. Oh yeah, yeah. it was out there for a while. Was sure, yeah. in wintertime. Yeah. Mm. Shrinkage. Yeah, that's all. That that sucks. <laughs> it might have. <laughs> Hard to say. Wow. Scott, you got. <laughs> Did you? Uh... Yeah. Well, mine wasn't quite as. Uh... Whatever, whatever you did. Um, ours is the one I saw is more, um, more definitely more dangerous involved. Uh, it looked like everybody was okay, and we're gonna post that one for sure. That video, yeah, the video, because yeah. there's no Tuesday. There's no manhood in that. I don't think, other than the other than the dude hucking <laughs> babies at the window. <laughs> so there was a fire in like somewhere in Eastern Europe. Is I'm not like it doesn't really say where, and uh, it looked like the old school like blanket. Like people holding like a blanket. There's probably like 20 people down below, and there was a fire on what is that? The third floor, fifth, fourth floor, fifth or something. Yeah, and all you can see is people flying out windows, like babies, right out of a window, lands in the blanket. Seemed okay. Kid flew out the window, and then it was like as a progression. <laughs> progression, progression. If, if, if the building wasn't on fire, it would actually be like comical. It'd be like, hey, let's see how heavy the next heaviest person we can throw off this thing before the before the blanket fails. It's like the Russian dolls, right? You're from school <laughs> and they build your way up. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're making light of this because it looks like everybody's okay. Yeah, it looks like everyone was fine. Yeah, but yeah, it was crazy. Like, and there, the thing about it was that roof is so close. Like, I don't know if you have you looked at mm-hmm. it. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to. You had to jump out of ways. You had to jump out of. Not only did you jump out of our uh, balcony, there's a roof down below, like a corrugated first, metal roof on the first mm-hmm. floor. On the first floor, and they had to clear that uh, by a good, like. 10, 15 feet onto the people that were holding the blanket. Jeez. So it was quite a distance they had to go. It's crazy. That's insane. I don't know if it's new or old. It might be old news, but pretty crazy news. <laughs> Thing there. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> in Eastern Europe. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, <clears throat> this evening's episode, episode 30. <clears throat> this is uh, it's kind of a Q&A episode. <clears throat> Uh, we want to do more of these as well. So if you do have questions, things you want to talk about, again, we we, uh, we do ask, just send them in. Um, give us a shout. We've got the messenger groups as well. Um, anyway, you can get a hold of us through the Facebook stuff. Feel free to reach out and uh, give us your questions because we would like to do more of these Q&As and um, make more of a longer episode. One, one guy asked about a terrorist incident. He we, did. And I've been thinking about that, so maybe that he might did. be a future one. We absolutely will. Bring we will need Timeless Todd on for that because he, he does have some training in... Uh, and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's kind of He's kind of like John McClane. He is the John McClane. Um, yeah. He's not. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to pop his tires. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah. I was kidding. Um, so uh, tonight's episode is, uh, we're calling it One For You Rookie. And uh, it is an episode directed towards people that are just starting out. We had a question from a guy called Riley. Um, and Riley asks, Hi, my name is Riley and I am fixing to turn 18. Do you have any advice for someone like me who has done some certification and is counting down the clock until he can become a volunteer firefighter? So we're going to talk a little bit about um, kind of our experience initially, some of the things that we felt we felt. Uh, more uh, more like an asset after we learned the specific thing and then we're going to talk specifically about maybe a point that each of us can think of that would help uh, new firefighters that are joining or thinking of joining um, to maybe just be able to kind of get in and be more useful faster because there is a period of time I'm sure someone will touch on it where um, it, you're you are not exactly an asset at the beginning and that's just that's just the fact of the matter you don't know anything you're starting off fresh and that is just what it is so how do you become more useful faster and we're going to give a few tips on on those things so whoever wants to start can start or i will just pick ash sweet <laughs> so what are we going first so the, uh, start with maybe or yeah the, maybe uh, your experience and then uh, we'll, we'll come back <clears throat> around for your final point sure <clears throat> so no, do you find do you find a point at the same time? Because otherwise, someone else will snag one, and then you'll be ended up spending another twenty minutes thinking of one. That's fair. Yeah. Um. So when I first came on here, I didn't have any real firefighting experience. I had some people that I knew that were uh, on the department, which was good. Um, I don't, I don't really think anything that uh, that I brought over here really carried over. I had some search and rescue experience prior, which is, uh, I mean, there's some organizational similarities, but uh, I think for me, the biggest thing was A, knowing a couple, a couple people helped out really get myself in the door. What I'll say was the biggest thing to get myself really integrated in with the people wasn't so much what happened during practices. It was the staying around after. <clears throat> So getting to know the people, um, investing the time to bond with your fellow people on the department was huge. Um, that you know that just opened them up. You you kind of learn a lot more about them, a lot more what they're about. Um, yeah, I would say for me, and I would highly recommend, you know, insert yourself into all the groups that you see forming, all of the activities that you see forming, uh, and just be open. Yeah. <clears throat> so initially when you, when you first started, obviously you came over from SAR, um, and, um, you knew, cause you already knew a few guys on the department, which I obviously yeah. helped. Mm-hmm. And I think we were having a chat earlier today, um, with the chief and chief said, you know, one of the biggest things that he has seen over the years is if somebody, the people that stay the longest, 
tend to be people that have been brought in by friends that are already on the department. Because I think there's a comfort level as well. It can sometimes be a bit intimidating walking into a hall with 30 other guys and, and being the new guy for one, not knowing anything, yeah. you know, and our personality types don't normally like that uncomfortable situation. And so it can be a little bit daunting. <clears throat> so knowing somebody on the department can definitely help. And I, I, I like your point. You're right. Getting involved and uh, showing that you're a face and, That's right. you know, learning other people because ultimately you're going to spend a very large amount of time with the people on your fire department from, from now on until you, until you quit. Yeah, you know, until you quit or die, like one of the two. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's a fact. It is. It is what it is. Yeah. And you know, I don't know how other other departments do it, but when when we bring recruits on, they don't interact for quite some time. Uh, there's some small interactions when when we throw a scenario at them, but for their first probational period, most of their training is, I mean, it's new rookie training, so they're they're not. <clears throat> training side by side with a lot of our regular members so the only chance that they really get to interact with them is out is outside of training so like you said showing them that you are a face that you you know you're a good guy a girl whatever it might be you know just you're trying to be one of them i think that's that's kind of huge yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that is new to us that, that yeah that rookie training mm-hmm. um and that was a concern of the of the membership um, here they didn't want us to do that they, they wanted them still integrated into the training but for training wise it just made more sense that's right um to, to have the, the rookies separated because we can get more training with them like um almost like one-on-one training as opposed to having a bunch of people and also we get that more like that pure like right from the source rather than five different guys telling you what to do yeah the filtered it's very confusing mm-hmm. <clears throat> well i do it this way i do it that way well this is the way you uh, well, maybe not you're supposed to do, but this is the way we do it here at the department. This is the way the, the training section has guided it through the officers, etc. Mm-hmm. So this is how we prefer it to be done right now. Yeah. It could change. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's new things being added, and there's new things being changed. Constantly. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, all the old guard members, they were concerned about that because they couldn't get to know the, the rookies um, yeah. or the probies or whatever you want to call them. Um, that was their concern is that they couldn't get to know them on a personal level. Um, or see how they they worked in the in the training. Um, so that's really important for like Ash's point. Hang around after practice to get to know all your people, like outside of the tournament gear. Yeah, sitting around BSing with people. Super important. I completely. And one thing we did to alleviate that concern was uh, we do through the rookie training we do like two or three weeks with them, and then we do uh, usually a scenario. That has the whole department there, including the rookies, and they do like we kind of we try to make a scenario kind of gauge to not their level, but stuff that they would already know, so that way they can take part in it. People can see how they work, and then in next you know three or four weeks we do another scenario, and now they have more skills. So the guys do get to know them, but it is like and even on fire practice night you don't really get to know people that well because you should be practicing. Yeah, and if you're in a mask and crawling through a burn building. You don't really get to personally know people. It is that important thing afterwards. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Yeah, it's it's super valuable. Really, actually, yeah, probably for me, that's actually what I would have I right. would have went with. It. So it was what I was tagging along to, mm-hmm. just making sure that you know what people are like. And yeah, yeah. Kev, over to you. Um, I think for me, <clears throat> I found if I made myself available, like made myself available to accept those opportunities that come along the opportunity to go to get um, involved with additional training and stuff like that like any any opportunity to do more or just be around everyone and uh, I come from the I guess the last round of our old guard of of uh, rookie training where Basically, we showed up and it was, here's your SCBA training and okay, now you can respond to calls, but stand by the truck and just stay there until an officer tells you to jump in and come along on a call. I was there for as many calls as I could be right off the start, so I had the opportunity to kind of get that on-the-job training, really, but we don't do that anymore. 
So we wait until our rookies are more appropriately trained. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing saying those rookies can't make themselves available. Like, pick up a broom. Do some sweeping. Be proactive around the hall. There's all sorts of stuff that you can do that um, isn't necessarily fire-related, but you get involved with the crew. Everyone sees your work ethic. It's how you become part of the team. Yeah. We were talking before, actually, about that. Everyone um, has people on the department, uh, on your departments, I'm sure, that you, you just, you wish would maybe make a little bit more effort in certain areas, right? And um, because you look at how much effort some people put in and you look at effort that others put in and it does feel sometimes like um, they're there for the coat. Yeah, and if if you come in as a rookie and you're already one of those people that... Oh, the coat. The t-shirt fireman. I thought you said the coke. T-shirt fireman. Is that what it is? I thought you said the coke. No. But yeah, but, if, if you come into the department and you're not showing that initial <laughs> initial um, ambition. ambition, yes, there you go. then you're working at a deficit. You're working from the bottom, right? Yeah. At least if you show that you're available, show that you have initiative, show <clears throat> that you work hard, then you have all that going for you. Yeah. You know, I think... To speak exactly to that, when I first got on here, um, how we do it is for your first uh, probational period, you don't get a pager. So you can show up. We have a siren, which is really helpful. But that's really to respond off of a siren if you can't hear it. Um, You know, it depends if you're at home or, I mean, sometimes you just miss it. Um, you, You might not get to come down to the hall. I was lucky enough that I on a radio that I could get programmed into our channel. So I responded to absolutely everything. And that's kind of coming off the back of what uh, Kevin was saying there. Yeah, I think I borrowed your radio. Yeah, yeah, fact. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't need this anymore. You should have that. Um, I mean, I make myself available for everything. You know, I didn't get to go on every call by any means. But being here, just showing that you're available to respond, that you're, you know, just make, make yourself available is huge. Mm-hmm. Scott, your your origin story and piece of what you liked and then what you got for something a, about super, a hazmat incident and got superpowers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my my By the hiring, power of Gracie. <laughs> my hiring at the time <laughs> slowly different. <clears throat> Waiting for that. Had a, uh, <laughs> we were in the old hiring practice as well. So back in the day when <clears throat> just some grizzled old guys would sit around and look at you <laughs> and I think I said this before the, the opening quote was you're useless to us for the first I believe it was two years two years and there was actually a couple swear words in there <laughs> um, yeah because I remember on my resume I had put down and I think I said this before I put down scuba and uh, we don't scuba dive so what's the point of this I was like oh, I don't know I thought it would be something I should put down it's not helpful to us at all I'm like okay <laughs> I think I put rappelling down because I had taken some rappelling courses too. And they're like, we don't rappel. We don't do hang on hang angle rescues. So I was like, okay. So basically, <laughs> everything I know is, is pointless. <laughs> um, and then, of course, so that was like my introduction to the hall. I knew Spencer, um, knew a couple other guys, um, Andrew. Andrew One, I guess we would call him <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> um, so I knew those guys. And, but again, you show up and you're like, I don't really know what to do. You've already been told you're useless. <laughs> so, Great start. <laughs> Great start. <laughs> Confidence at the core. Arms wide open. <laughs> but again, I think that was the attitude back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, you know, see if the guy can last. Um, and that's the attitude, not this department. I'm sure that's an attitude in a lot of departments. And I think it's an attitude that is still in many, but when it changes, it's better. I think it, it brings people on. You don't have to treat them super, like, you don't, I don't want, like, the huggy, kissy stuff either, but I think we should, like, you can, you can go halfway, you can be kind of nice to people, <laughs> but still, 
treat them like rookies mm-hmm. <clears throat> because they really don't know anything. Like yeah. you can't be like, just come on out the fire, you'll learn. No, <laughs> you really, you don't know what to do, so you can't get on every fire truck, mm-hmm. but definitely show up. Whoops. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we talked to you about that. Turned out okay. But um, I think the most important thing is when you get here is to um, be be humble. Don't be like if you take because I, I know he said he took a few courses. Yeah. Um, don't roll in because there's you know there's a difference between book smart and and street smart for the lack of a better term. So if you roll in, even if you had every course in the in the NFPA manual, um, you don't actually have the experience yet because the courses are totally different than the real real world. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff that changes and there's a lot of stuff that the fire doesn't, doesn't know that you took that course and it doesn't care. So rule and be humble um, and then kind of nicely latch yourself to good firefighters. Like don't latch yourself to the slugs and don't, but then also don't be like a kiss ass. Because no one really likes that either. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you know who to, you know who's the better people that you should be looking to. The mentors. The mentors, yeah. yeah. You know, you know who's going to be yeah. 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 Find your mentor. Yeah. Well, if you're at a good department, they should also be pairing you. Yeah. Fitting you to a mentor. I, I don't yeah. think pairing ever works in, in at least in, in the instances I know of, kind of any mentorship. Like you need to, you need to pick your own, and they need to pick you. Because if it's not, if it's not a, if it's not something that you're both in agreement with, and even just without saying words, you know, you're like, oh, you're my mentor. Like sometimes it just turns out that way. And I find if you're just placed with someone, you may not click. Yeah. Your yeah. personalities clash, and it's, it can be hard because at that point you feel like you're in a corner because oh, this is my guy. Like I got to deal with this person. Like, do I ask for someone? I'm new. I don't really want to. Like a few times in my other line of work, I've seen people get paired, mentored with somebody, and it was just because they've had this training to be mentors, and it's like, and they didn't fit. They didn't fit at all. I was thankfully I had a good mentor, but I, I've seen people get paired with ones that they were like oil and water, yeah, <laughs> and it was terrible. And, and it's not like you can just be like, ah, let's find another mentor. Because you've been officially paired. So I, I think, yeah, if you pair with somebody and you think, hey, this, you know, this Spencer guy's pretty cool. You start hanging out with hey, him thanks. and you realize, oh, wait, he's kind of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't keep hanging out with him. <laughs> Pumped and deflated in one sentence. <laughs> Go find somebody else. It hurts even more afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And everybody has different skills, too. So, you know, you might, maybe Spencer would be the one that I'd look to to show me how to uh, pump if that so inclined me <laughs> or, or ropes and you know Matt would be someone who I would go to with ropes and, and I do that now as a training officer I don't like I don't go to people that don't know what to do <laughs> as for advice I you know I pair myself with people that are are going to help um, further our training so it's the same thing as a rookie and I think that's what you have to do through your whole career you have to constantly be almost mentoring with people. Even if you're a captain, you should still be learning from other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't be afraid to fail. <coughs> I think a lot of people, and I can say me, even when I first came on, I was, you know, you, you've got 30 other dudes looking at you. I don't or know. dudettes. Hmm? Or dudettes. Or dudettes, yeah, exactly. 29 dudes and one female. Hi, <laughs> Gary. <our> <laughs> Um, she's great, by by the by. But uh, yeah, so you got all all these people looking at. You. Well, I want to throw a shot out. <laughs> um, they're all watching you, and you're new, so they're watching you. And you're like, oh man, I don't I don't want to mess up. I don't want to mess up. So now are you, uh, you know, maybe a little hesitant to do something? Don't be hesitant. For myself, I would rather see somebody jump in, and fail, than sit back and not do anything. Mm-hmm. Get in there, get 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 yourself dirty. Um, like I say, yeah, try fail. Yeah. As long as you or can even learn try from and those succeed. mistakes. Yeah, learn and learn those though. Mistakes, yeah, learn for sure. Because if people see that you're trying, you'll find that's when you'll maybe start <clears throat> to find your little mentorship that's going to happen, right? Because somebody, be it <coughs> your training officer, a captain, or just a fellow firefighter, is going to walk over. There will be somebody that'll come and talk to you and say, hey. I see this is what you're trying. Maybe try to do it this way. Um, they're, they're not just going to let you you know, fail over and over. Somebody will definitely step up and help you. There will be the odd person that will want, like, 
I'm, you know, in any department. Wanting to fail, maybe. Well, yeah, well, well, kind of think it's funny that you're failing. Yeah. Because maybe they didn't have the encouragement when they were there, and they think that's the right of passage just to get that. So, yeah. I mean, There's, you just got to accept it. That mentality is still uh, not just in fire holes. It's in everything. But it's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Right? It's that Every, that. Everywhere but schools where it matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where you need that hardened edge. Yeah, and you know, and I, I can rant for hours on, <laughs> on how we're not how, getting we're not getting into snowflakes on how we're no. affecting, on how we're affecting kids nowadays by not <laughs> these days. <laughs> we're not doing it, <laughs> not tonight. Um, but yeah, I I, I agree. It, it's it's important. You you are gonna fail. It is it is one of those things that you need to push yourself. And if you're not pushing yourself, like we we say, I know one of our officers did say at one point, you know, we don't train to fail. But I, I don't, I don't think that that's a choice for for us to train to fail. I think that's an individual choice to push yourself <clears throat> over that edge and see how far you can go in a training scenario, so you know what your limitation is. You should almost train to failure every time, mm-hmm. and then dial it back a little bit, and then you're like, okay, this is where I can go. Yeah. If I get any further, this is where I'm gonna fail. Yeah. Mr. Spence. Mr. Carl. What you got for me? Well, when I joined this department the very, very first time back in the late 90s, I came on as Paul's kid. So there's a whole bunch of my dad's peers were who I came to to be with. Um, I had a couple of my friends on as well. And uh, um, yeah, there was a little bit of hazing. You know, if you guys think you had it rough, you didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. They had the, um, I remember a couple practices, <laughs> the pump operator, he <laughs> cracked the pressure up while I was on the hose and no way I go. <laughs> that sort of thing. It was, it was a blast. Yeah. <laughs> so it did take a while to, uh, blast literally. <laughs> um, it took a while to not be Paul's kid. Um, even though my dad kind of transitioned out just as I was transitioning in. Uh, but it still took a while because I'd been around here for so long that uh, a lot of these people knew me as a kid, like at the Christmas parties and all that kind of stuff too. So it did take a while to not be Paul's kid. Um, yeah, find a mentor. Find a mentor. Stay in school. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Stay in drugs. <laughs> what would you say is? Uh, because you, you've obviously you've trained you trained a lot of rookies and stuff as well in your time. Um, for fireground stuff, what would you say is a useful thing that somebody new coming in could concentrate on looking at and learning first? Something that would make them almost instantly, at least partially useful if they were on the fireground. Listen careful, um, pay attention. Everywhere you go, people are going to be trying to show off what they know so listen to all of it take it in um eventually you'll start to weed out the bullshit um and retain the good stuff listen to everybody pay attention and go and fetch shit you're gonna yeah yeah, everybody's gonna say you you're new go grab this so familiarize yourself with the truck um at our department we encourage um as soon as you're on as soon as you get accepted officially you get a key um, and we encourage people to come after hours, open the drawer, the cupboards on the trucks, look at all the stuff. If you don't know what something is, grab somebody on a Thursday. Hey, I found this in the truck. What is it? Was it for? Because eventually somebody's going to say, hey, you go get the muffler bearings. Oh, I don't know where <laughs> the, that is. Go get the hose stretcher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doesn't exist. <laughs> that kind of stuff. I've been looking for that for three years. <laughs> Go get the slipper on the ambulance. <laughs> They're actually this up. So learn what's on your trucks. Um, and if you don't know something, you're not expected to know everything. So if you don't know something, say so. Don't just wander off. Oh, sh- I don't know what that is. I'm going to go over here and wander around. Say, I don't know what that is. Can you describe it for me or whatever? Especially on scene. Don't waste time yeah. with that kind of stuff. Just, exactly. just say the thing. If you and- don't know, say so. Um, it's unreal, unreasonable for people to expect you to know everything. So if you don't know something, say it. Yeah. Did you have something? I'm just gonna um, just be the best 
well, like Spencer said, be the best gopher, the best backup person you can be, because that's all you're going to do for the first while. At least that's all you should be doing. <laughs> you shouldn't be on the front of the nozzle for the first truck to a structure fire when you're brand new. Um, I, I mean, I guess some some hauls could be, because I know a couple guys that ended up... Doing um, exactly that? A couple weeks in, they were running, they, you know, low in manpower, they had to run a nozzle, but you're probably going to be the backup person but, and just get really good at that stuff. Know how to change cylinders on SCBAs quick. Well, not even quick, efficiently. Just, yeah. You know, um, <coughs> and kind of anticipate stuff. You know, you see, a, you hear a bell ringing, you know that someone's going to be coming out soon, probably need a, a, new, uh, a new cylinder, so get run ready. Cylinder or a bottle? Cylinder on a CBA. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Right. So you know, you know when you know when that person's coming out, get ready. Yeah. You know, they, they might need some water. They might need something else. Yeah. yeah. And then listen. Listening's the big one. Like, it, there's there's so many, and it's been said already, but there's so many different people that have so many different skill sets. And as you go through, you'll find where you sit comfortably and where you enjoy. Um, being and where you where you feel the most confident um, and you should push yourself a little bit outside of that but in order to do that you need to find people that are good in those areas and get them to show you the, the, the little snips and tricks and the pieces that make sense to you enough that you can tailor them to what you need to do to get the job done because there will be a time where you are called upon to do the thing that you really don't want to do um, be it driving a truck, operating the pump, you know, there's going to be situations where, you know what, you are the only person that can do this right now because this is the situation you have to do. And it's better to step outside of your comfort zone in training, ask the questions in training, um, and spend the time with those people that know the stuff that you just don't and it just doesn't make sense. So at least you've got a grasp. So if that oh shit situation happens where you're doing it, you at least have some basis, some grounding to start. I think uh, for me, when I first got here, it was learning the trucks for me. And even now, still, um, I, I, I learned, I've learned most of them, um, but it's not like a lot of stuff changes. Um, I just find myself always pretty much in one role. I'm pretty much in the back there. I very rarely grab the tools because we've got enough guys that are tool guys that I, I'm great on, you know, when it comes to MVIs. I will do all the fetching. I know exactly where things are, but I would rather somebody with more knowledge operate them. I can operate them, but again, it's it's better and quicker if somebody else does it. Uh, whereas on a stretcher fire, I'm very happy to get the nozzle and get up and, and get in close and do what I need to do. But <clears throat> for me, learning that learning the trucks was, was super important. And um, learning other people was another one. I'm, I'm kind of one of those to stand back and watch the crowd a little bit and see who's doing what and figure out who was where. And that was useful because learning other people at the beginning helped me when I, when I knew I had to ask questions, I'd already picked out the people that I figured I was going to go and ask. And that helped because sometimes if you just, you go up to someone and they knock you down, you go, you, you turn into that kind of, uh, you know, cowering dog has been beaten, right? Like, it's that situation of, oh, I obviously can't ask questions. I'm going to have to go this alone. <clears throat> so picking out the people that you feel like you can connect with and have that conversation with early is, I think, important. And, and then you learn people's personalities and you learn what you can approach different people with and how they need to be um, approached as well. Because that's another thing when you're... This, this kind of, it's not a popularity contest when you're in these things. What it is, is it's still a social game. You still need to know what other people are into and what they like and get to know people so you know if you need something or you want some knowledge, you know how to approach that person to get that piece of knowledge out of them, you know? Everyone's got something to offer. Yep. Um, he also, there is a second part to his question when I responded, <clears throat> and okay. his department, he said, uh, they're mainly grass, fire, and structure, which for us, you know, throw a little bit of MBI in there, but that's pretty much us. Um, <laughs> but uh, in this instance, maybe let's uh, let's just do a quick touch on some some key things because he is, he says mainly structure, and mainly grass. So let's just do a quick uh, quick fifteen minute roundtable of a quick few tips 
for grass fire and for structure fire. So for me, my go-to for grass fire... You're in your socks. Is socks. We've been talking about this several times. Always. Always well, have socks. I think learning from mistakes also don't grab the two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> to fight a grass fire? Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that either. Well, but, <laughs> it's not fun, man. No. It sucked. Not if it's a smaller grass fire. Yeah, no. In that instance, when you did that... It was cool. But what I used, I used it once. Yeah. It was a two and a half on a grass fire because it gave me the reach and it stopped it from going where it was going. Yeah. So, again, I know the person that told you that was harassing you that day on it and was, was not allowing you to break it down into an inch and a half. Yeah. And that's not the way to do it. <laughs> like, because now you've learned a lesson, mm-hmm. but did you learn the right lesson? Because you just said never use a two and a half on a grass fire. Well, there you go. And that's not the right lesson. There you go. It's pick the right tool for the right job. Mm-hmm. It should be the lesson you learned. And maybe one day the right tool for the right job might be a two and a half on a grass fire. Because yeah. you can get the reach and the, you know, maybe that's starting to get up the hill and, you, oh, I can hit it with a two and a half from this from this distance. Right. So I guess the lesson was don't use a two and a half to hit uh, hit hot spots. Yeah. <laughs> for, for well, no, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. the right tool for, for the right job. job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the right tool for the right job is yeah. what the lesson should be that you yeah. were to learn that day. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're probably right. You are right. That is that is a better way of looking at it, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, because I just it instantly just came to mind that you know, I just said it off the top, right? Like, just don't do it. But yeah, you're right. There's a situation for everything. Because the problem, I mean, the problem is when we when we start working inside this box, like you know, there's a box that people aren't to sit in. We never think outside the box. No. And when we don't think outside the box, we don't progress our training, and we're not there. That's not where we want to be. Because <laughs> even today, when we were, I mean, we were doing some stuff for the YouTube video stuff. And there was an outside the boxing that the guys did on last Thursday. And it's now going to become part of training because it works. Yeah. It works great. It works awesome. Yeah. And then yeah, we're going to yeah. see that soon. Yeah. There'll be, yeah. well, there'll be a, we're going to do actually a quick clip of that for that one. It was really good. Actually. It worked really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was telling Matt about it and he's, he's yeah. Anyway. It, and you know, yeah. and, and in reality, what would, what would normally have been said, what are you guys, don't use the backboard. What are you guys doing? Yeah. The backboard doesn't come in for rip. Doesn't it? Are you sure? But outside the box, right? Yeah. Yep. So, right tool for the right job. Yeah. So, right tool for the right job. Always wear socks on a grass fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ash, I think. Going? Yeah, hydrate. Mm. I know we've we've spoke about it a ton in the past, but if it's grass fire season, drink water. Drink a lot of water, always. Um, they air quotes. They say that most average humans walk around on the edge of dehydration in the summertime, wintertime, whatever, anyway. Um, I find myself, if I'm here, I'm grabbing a bottle of water, even if I'm not thirsty. Uh, if I'm at work, I keep water always kicking. Um, I generally have a bottle in, in my truck just Pants for water. when I'm driving around. Pants water, huge. Uh, we have pocket water for days here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're on your way to a call, if you're in the back of the truck on your way to a call, get some in you. Um because you're going to sweat out more than you know, especially if it's an interface grass fire and you're rolling out there in full turnout gear, you're going to sweat more than you know you can sweat. Yes. So, yeah, get that uh, water in you. Yeah, yeah, solid mm-hmm. point. Solid point. <clears throat> I don't think... Uh, you're right, most people do walk around dehydrated. And yeah. when you're in that grass fire season, you know the difference between hydrated and non. And you know quick. how quick you burn out. Yeah. You know, even just going there and having a few bottles of water while you're in rehab mm-hmm. in between, and you can you feel that instant like oh. just extra breath of, of fresh air after From a couple semi-human of semi human again. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. It's it's a really it, weird feeling. It happens quick. Yeah. Um, I think one thing we don't touch on enough is is a fitness aspect. Um Especially as a, as a new person, you do have to be in some moderate level of shape, even as a volunteer. Um, you can't be, I mean, as a new person, you can't be out of shape. <laughs> 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 well, and I know I get the looks sometimes when we're doing stuff at, you know, around the table, like even, you know, we brought up some fitness stuff the other night and guys were giving us, uh, what, are you, what are you talking about? Kind of talk. It's like, well, when you're brand new, you're going to be told to do stuff. And on a grass fire, sometimes, I mean, we were, we laid 600 feet of hose last, last year and up a hill, <laughs> both ways. In four degree weather. <laughs> four degree and two feet of snow. <laughs> <laughs> four degree weather with two feet of snow. Yeah, uphill both ways. So, and, it, and 
it shouldn't be like the muscle, like a big power. Like it's not muscle strength. Endurance. It's, it's endurance. Because the more muscles you have, the more that gas tank get burned fast. Like we we had a couple. We've had a couple guys. One guy really comes to mind. Um, that was you know we worked out a lot with lots of muscles, but his endurance was terrible. He could go for all of five minutes, <laughs> and then you drop off. So you know you got to be kind of that wiry. For a like a guy like Warren, he, he can go yeah. and go. Goes till he pukes and then, yeah, and then go, go some more. <laughs> yeah. You know, and... So what am I training and fires? Or... <laughs> well, one of his first, one of Warren's, yeah. I think Warren actually told the story when he was on. Though, one of the first fires, he structure fires, he got on, did a bunch of work, then puked. I'm good, and went back at it. The old <laughs> so, puke and rally. Yeah. So <laughs> you know that 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 level of fitness is what you need. You don't like you don't need these big giant muscles because really nothing that we do requires superhuman strength because most of the stuff we're using our intelligence well we're using our leverage (laughs) yeah yeah we're using our intelligence we're using leverage we're using uh, mechanical mechanical advantages Um, straight to three men yeah straight to three humans (laughs) Um, like we're 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 fighting fire smart but you do need some endurance Mm -hmm. unless you're trying to lift Kevin (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah yeah I think um you're absolutely right that endurance level is is different for everyone but you you sit and you feel it It, when i first joined i was major out of shape and i realized really quickly that i had to do something about that and i did and it it made a world of difference to everything that i was doing yeah kev you got something (laughs) it was like i don't know make sure you're (laughs) hydrated and that's about it i guess be aware of your own limitations like if you're out there and you're fighting in 40 degrees celsius weather and you are starting to feel lightheaded or something like that make sure you're getting the water in you make sure you get someone to watch your back right away if you have to go take a break go take a break if you can like sometimes you can't but if that's available to you Go take a break. You're no good if you're completely done. You're no good if you're down. Yeah, exactly. Now <laughs> mm-hmm. it's another problem. Mm-hmm. We've had that as well where, you know, you, you have people that just push and push and push and you have to be dragged off the line. And none of us want to go back down to rehab. I mean, it's something that we've been doing more recently, uh, the rehab stuff, and it's become mm-hmm. a thing for every stretch of fire or big grass fire. Uh, it's not something that we want to necessarily go down and do. When, when you get there, it feels so good. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so I ain't going down there, and then then Warren comes up in his AC truck and carries you back down there, and you're like, oh, seats. I'm so happy to be in I don't want to go right back now. to the fire. Well, last year when we were doing that, when we laid that six yeah. feet of hose, uh, JP's like, I'll be back. I'm going to go get some more hose. And then I'm like, okay. We, like, we were okay. We didn't really need it. And then next thing I'm like, where did JP go? <laughs> so I go trucking down go find him he's a, he's in rehab he's like sorry dude I'm like oh, okay well whatever so I grab some water and I sit in rehab next thing I'm laying there like ah <laughs> with the bananas and the strawberries like, and the water like, this is yeah. great coladas and the guys it. with fans <laughs> all I can say about that is pump operators don't get rehab that sucked blazing sun all the heat from the fire coming up is, yeah, yeah. I hear it. I hear it. Yeah. I hear that button. It's not just for Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, really. Just, just, be, just remember the pump operators. They're going to keep you with water. Just remember those guys. Spence. Beware just a grass fire. Yes. Because just a grass fire, well, it says that in the name, there's shit that's on fire. Uh, pack up. Uh, especially on the beginnings of, of a fire. If that's what your department does. If that's what your department does, <laughs> don't fall pack back up your train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't pack if, up if there's a bunch of Yahoo's <laughs> not packing up, you know, go with them. But, um, and maybe take a step back yeah. <laughs> and reassess your yeah. fire department. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, especially like an interface type of fire, um, we're all what you might call structure fires. We're not forestry firefighters. We're structure firefighters. Um, so that's kind of our, our initial, or should be at least, our initial go-to is SCBA. Um, especially if you're going out to a grass fire in your turnout gear, yeah, SCBA. Um, it's a whole lot easier to take all that stuff off than put it on in a panic once the shit hits a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, been there myself. Um, yeah. yeah. Beware just a grass fire. 
Cause... Yeah, that phone call, we never know what started that grass fire. Yeah. There's been multiple times we've turned up to a grass fire, which was a car that was set fire to on the side of the road, which had then blown onto the grass <coughs> and now caused a grass fire. Mm -hmm. We turn up and now if we were all wandering around in our uh, in our overalls and coveralls doing that, <coughs> we would have had a problem. But again, we all turn up with stretchy gear and it's like, okay, a car caused this issue. We deal with the vehicle. Everyone else try and stop it from going any further on the grass. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And again, who knows then if the grass, if it is a grass fire and that then starts moving towards piles of garbage, um, mm -hmm. anything that can be laying around depending on where the area is. You don't know what is in those things and what can be in piles of, especially garbage and things like that. Tires, it's going to go up. Yep. And, and you're going to be breathing all that garbage in, like yeah. all that nastiness, trying to deal with something, not being able to see. It's just, it's better to pack up and drop it later if you really don't need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so we talked a lot about wild wildfire grass fires um so structure fire um power lines big probably the biggest thing you gotta watch out for <clears throat> because when you first arrive obviously the power company is probably not gonna be there right away so watch for the power mast because that's a huge thing and something that people forget often because you're like concentrating on the fire especially when you're brand new you're looking at the fire you're not looking out overhead the captains and the officers and everybody should be watching that stuff but they're also watching about like 20 other things so they might miss it so keep an eye out for that overhead lines where the truck parks because if the truck driver doesn't see it and he parks underneath the power line if you see it maybe you saw something he didn't see let people know yeah goes back to that speak up <clears throat> yeah. just making sure that don't be afraid to say something if you see something because if it if you don't and something happens you will feel that later you know like you'll You'll feel guilty for not opening your mouth. Say, like, oh, you know what? I've seen that. I didn't say anything. And now yeah. someone got hurt. You know, and I think on a rookie side, when you're driving, when you're in, because you probably would be in like second or third truck coming to a structure fire, um, listen to what the radio chatter is. Because um, you may hear the chief call for something. And hey, unit two, we need the we need a fan. Well, if you're the rookie, oh, I know where the fan is. I know how to run the fan. Hey, captain in the front, I got the fan. Okay, you got a fan. So you just stepped up now and that's your that's your job because you're not going to be an interior attack probably. So do a job you know how to do, but listen to the radio if you can. Yeah. I know some, I don't know, some departments, headsets captains can, I don't know if everybody has them. Like I hear some departments you can't necessarily hear, actually hear what's going on, but for the most part you should be able to hear. Yeah. I think, uh, we're pretty much covered it. Anyone else got anything else for even for just like Scott said for stretcher fire stuff? Anyone got any pieces for that? I'd say a note on speaking up. We've had that a lot. Um, it's come up a lot at our department where <clears throat> we've said if someone has given you a job and you're going and working on that job and somebody else comes and gives you another task, make sure you speak up and say, look. I'm already doing this for so-and-so. Make sure you say it. Make sure you vocalize it so they hear it. Yeah. Because that person might bowl you over, bowl that other order over, or maybe they have something more important that you do need to be doing. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've already communicated with that other officer that's giving you that task. But yeah. you just have to make sure they're aware that you have something. Maybe it'll be, nope, that's fine. You've got to keep doing that. Yeah. But vocalized for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not answering back. It's just, again, it's just speaking up. Hey, you know what? Chief asked me to do this. Okay, that's great. Or, yeah, I understand that, but this needs to be done right now. You've been told, go, go change it what you need to do. Because situations change, as we all know, especially as soon as you're out there on the fire ground, nothing's textbook, nothing follows that path. You just, everything's dynamic and you need to roll with the punches. And everyone's doing that same thing. So, yes, concentrate on what you're doing, but be aware that situations change and they change quickly. And when they do, you've got to be ready to act. Mm -hmm. Let's go. I think one thing you need to do as a rookie, while well, everybody should do it, but um, is learn how to breathe. <laughs> yeah, in your gear. In your gear. Yeah. When you're, when you're going there, breathe. Think about what you're doing. Because um, I know every time you see us, when you first get to a first structure fire, you're like, oh my God, this house is on fire. But if you actually break it down and think about a structure fire, it's like we've talked about this before, it's actually fairly safe. I mean, yeah. it's not safe for the people that are inside, like the civilians that are inside but if there's nobody inside 
it's actually a fairly safe fire. Yes. Yeah. Really. Hot dogs and marshmallows. Because it's burning inside a box. You know, the most dangerous thing is, is those wildland fires because they're going everywhere. And yeah. they're going everywhere on a whim of the wind. <laughs> so the wind shifts. You're like, oh, now it's coming at me. Oh, no, it's going that way. Now it's going there. Now that house is on fire. And so if you go to a structure fire, yeah, the first time you see one, you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is not supposed to happen. <laughs> but when you start actually thinking about it, it's like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Like, it's a big deal with the person that owns a house. Yeah. And it's important to do your work. But if you just think about it in those terms, it's actually pretty... Well, it's not scary, is what? Yeah, it's not. It's not scary like people think it's gonna be scary. Yeah. Like the average person, like I think you said to your, your parents. Yeah. Carl, your parents are like, why would you do that? Yeah. Well, when you look at it as after you were trained to do it, it's like it's actually not scary. You're like, yeah, it's just a house on fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and if you do it right, it's, it's relatively safe. <clears throat> One other thing, it may pertain to a structure fire and a rookie. Um, stay where you're supposed to stay. Like if there's a mustard tarp or a muster area, stay there. Don't go wandering around, oh, this looks neat over here. Um, stay in the pool of resources, so when somebody calls on you to do something, you're available for that. Otherwise, you're useless wandering around doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. because again, there's there's so many jobs on the fire ground. If you're not doing something, you are literally just standing there being a, a third limb. If you can see something to do that you know is useful, go and do it. If not, go back and ask somebody, what can I do? How can I help? be useful because yeah. again if you're not then maybe you could be somewhere else and you could be really helping out another guy doing something else I mean, for me there's uh tools as well things that are in your pockets um i know multiple times uh, there was the issue of well, not issue but it's grab the toolkit we want to cut the battery mm-hmm. well andrew's got his snips like andrew's on the you know andrew's got snips in this thing mm-hmm. okay well i need to add snips to my toolkit right like just those little things you'll find as you go through like your two sets of gloves you got your one for your structure and you got one for your uh, your MVIs and stuff like that. You know, those extrication gloves. Or you got two sets of structure because <laughs> one set gets wet. <laughs> <laughs> two yeah. <laughs> if, you can, if you can snag those, I'm pretty sure Scott actually snagged my second one. Today. I didn't know. Actually, I'm pretty sure he did. I already had two. <laughs> See what I mean? I don't need three. <laughs> Just be ridiculous. That's scream. Um, one for every day of the week. <laughs> Nearly there. Um, yeah. Two flashlights, two rescue straps. Yeah. Uh-huh. And a partridge in a pear tree. Uh-huh. And on that note, any more for any more? Gentlemen, Ash, Kev, Scott, good night, Miss Spence. (laughs) Good night, Carl. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Stay safe.